Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that you are faithful. We want to give you praise. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that for your word that Jane is going to bring. We pray now that Holy Spirit, you would just come upon Jane and guide her in her words. And we pray that you come upon us too with open hearts and open minds to hear your word and to respond. In the name of Jesus, amen. Don't think of me. Okay. Hello, hello. One, two, one, two. Yes. Hello. Hello. Uh, Does it look okay? Oh, there we go. It's coming through. Coming through. Is that good? Uh, I think I'm okay. Um, Maybe I'll I'll just grab this one. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah, I'm a bit higher. Just going to sit down. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, um, while the offering bucket's going round and um, we're all buying our square inches of carpet, um, I'll just introduce myself um, for anyone who... <laughs> Hello! Yes, exactly, yeah. Hey, let's give a round of applause for the newest member of our church family. <laughs> Tim, Tim Samuel Koshi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, um, so I'll just introduce myself for those of you that don't know who I am. Um, so I'm Jane, and I'm part of Cloud and Sally's team here at International Harvest Church. And, um, and I've been coming here for about 10 years, I think give or take, maybe more, maybe less, I can't quite remember, about 10 years. And, um, and I came here as, a, as an explorer, really. Um, when I first came here, I didn't know God. I didn't know that you could have a relationship with God. I didn't know um, that, uh, that it was an important part of my life. And, um, uh, but through being here and being part of this church, um, I discovered God almost 10 years ago, and it's really transformed my life. And, um, and it's just such a blessing being part of this church family. It's a real privilege this morning to um, be here and to be able to share the word with you this morning. Um, so, yeah, so my prayer for you um, this morning is that if you're here this morning and you don't know God, um, that through um, being here and being part of this church family that you would discover God in your life the way that I did almost 10 years ago. So I want to dive straight in with the message this morning. And um, I'm really excited about this message. Um, I really believe that God has given me a really great message to bring transformation into our lives. And the reason I can say that with confidence is because I've been preaching it to myself all week. And I feel like um, he's been doing a lot of um, transformation in my life. And I'm just thankful for the opportunity again to preach it to myself again this morning. So (laughs) uh, if you want to walk with me in this as well. So are your hearts ready to respond this morning? Good. Um, Can I ask you another question then? Who here needs a miracle in your life? Does anyone need a miracle? Wow, a lot of people. Excellent. Who here knows someone else in their life who needs a miracle? Brilliant. Okay, so, well, this word is for anyone this morning who is looking for a miracle. And um, so this morning, I want to talk about how to receive a turnaround miracle. And I've been really blessed by the series so far. 
um, the turnaround series. God has spoken to us um, this year that we're going to have a turnaround year as a church. And he's spoken to each one of us that we're going to have a turnaround life. And who here believes that God is faithful and true to his word, that when he speaks a promise into our lives, that he will do it. He will bring his word and his promises through to fruition. So I really believe that through each one of these messages, that God is bringing a special and deep transformation into each one of our lives. Um, So let's get started. So we're going to read Luke chapter 5, verse 17 to 26. So if you've got a Bible or a tablet or something, flick to it. If not, it's going to come up on the screen as it has. Very good. Okay. So this story is entitled, Jesus Forgives and Heals a Paralyzed Man. Um, So one day, Jesus was teaching, and Pharisees and teachers of of the law were sitting there. They'd come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Brilliant. Amen. Yeah, Father, we um, pray today that our hearts would respond to your word. We pray today, Lord, that we would hear your voice, that we would hear your stir, that we'd feel your stirring in our hearts, and that our hearts would be soft and open to respond to you. Lord, we pray that you would have your way with us. And Lord, we pray that we would see remarkable things today, as those people saw that day when the paralyzed man was healed. Father, we pray that today would be a day where we um, respond to you and we receive our turnaround miracle. So Lord, we pray that you would speak to each one of our hearts, Lord. We pray, would you stir up the things inside our hearts that you want to deal with today. We pray, Lord, that you would show us that miracle in our lives. And Father, we give you liberty, we give you space, and we ask that you would move in our lives today. Lord, we want to discover you and encounter you today. So Lord, we pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and enable us to to seek you today, to know you today, to know your promise today, and to know what it is to experience and to receive our turnaround miracle. We pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Brilliant. Awesome. Well, it's a very um, popular and famous. It's quite a famous story um, in the Bible. And I just want to start by giving a little bit of context um, from where this story starts. So, so this story is right at the beginning of Jesus's ministry. So he started to come out and he started to do some miracles. He started to teach and he started to teach with authority, the Bible says. Um, so he's starting to get a bit of a name for himself. So people are saying, oh, who is this Jesus? He's starting to teach, and he doesn't teach the way the traditional teachers teach, but there is some kind of power. There's something different about the way Jesus teaches. And he's also started to do some miracles as well. 
So prior to the story, he's healed um, some people with sort of skin conditions. He's um, done various different miracles, which has got him noticed. So we see at the beginning of the story, there are people who have come from all over, and influential people at that, who have come from all over to hear him speak and to see, to really check him out, really, to see what the hype is all about. This is kind of what's happening. So there's crowds and crowds and crowds of people to really to see whether Jesus lives up to this hype and can he really do these miracles and what is this teaching that he's teaching about. Um, so this is where we start. But there's a really important piece of information that I don't want to skip past, and it's in verse 17 here, the very first verse that we see. And it's um, right at the end of the verse, so after they've talked about all the different people who have come to see Jesus, right at the end of the verse, a very important piece of information that I just want to take a minute um, for us to think about. And, um, and I want us to hold it in our hearts and in our heads for the rest of this talk, because it's the very foundation and very basis that everything else in this talk is going to springboard off. And it's this information at the end of verse 17 where it says, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Most important piece of information in this passage, I'm going to give you um, some pointers in how to receive a turnaround miracle um, throughout the rest of this talk, but this point is the most important point that we must get in our hearts and in our heads in order for anything else in this passage to make any sense or to have any possible possibility. Um, so, and the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So who was the power with to heal the sick? Jesus. It's Jesus who had power to heal. And um, I have to say, actually, this isn't one of my main points, but that's really because it didn't start with the same letter as all the other main points. I have four main points, and they all begin with G. I couldn't get this one to fit. So, But actually, I realized when I was preparing this that this was such an important point that I actually felt like I wanted to create a whole other category for it. And um, oh, it's not up there. Actually, that's good. And, uh, and so I was thinking about it, and I was thinking, actually, you know what? This is such an important point that it doesn't quite come in the pecking order of one, two, three, four, um, as my other points come in. It comes at the beginning, before all of the main points. And I was thinking about a pack of cards. Does anyone sort of, everyone knows a pack of cards, yeah? You've got one, two, three, four, all the different ones. But in a pack of cards, the one of the most valuable, generally the most valuable card that you can find in a packet of cards is the ace card, because the ace, when you play games, can often come at the beginning and at the end. And um, so I'd like this point to be my ace point, because Jesus comes at the beginning and he comes at the end. That everything flows from this point and everything flows to this point as well. So Jesus, and um, I was going through this talk with Tara, she's not here because she probably doesn't want me to um, blame her for this, but um, we, I, yeah, we've decided that Jesus is ace. Can anyone remember that? Jesus is ace, yeah? Can you tell the person next to you, Jesus is ace, yeah? <laughs> Jesus is ace, bit cheesy, but you know, <laughs> it'll help us remember it. So, good. Step one to receiving our turnaround miracle is understanding that everything starts and everything ends with Jesus. Jesus is the ace point, yeah? Good. So, but the rest of the story, as I already um, sort of alluded to, helps us understand. It shows us actually what we have to do in order to receive our turnaround miracle. That we know that it's Jesus that does the miracle. It's Jesus that has the power to do the miracle. But what we must do is that we have to get to Jesus. And this is what this story is such a great example of, of four men who help their friend get to Jesus and this man's heart and desperation to need 
because he knew that the only place he could go to for a miracle was Jesus. And um, so I want to draw out four key points to help us push through to Jesus and experience our turnaround miracle. And uh, my first point is get on the roof. That's my first point. Get on the roof. Um, so, so far we've learned Jesus heals. And in verse 18 and 19, it teaches us that we've got to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. We've got to get on the roof. And in verse 18, it says, Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. There are a lot of influential people sitting in this room. There was a lot of crowds in this room. Could you imagine being lowered before this huge room filled full of people? But that, that's desperation. That is, I've got to do whatever I can to get to Jesus. And um, I want to just make a first point, is that the paralyzed man was completely helpless. Um, I made a point in the last meeting um, that actually a paralyzed man, it means that he couldn't move his legs, he couldn't move his arms, he couldn't move anything, and all he could do was lie there. And he was completely helpless. He couldn't move, and he needed to be carried. And, um, and life can get like this a little bit. I don't know if you've ever felt stuck, where you can't move, where you feel like actually situations, you, can't, you feel paralyzed with a decision, or you feel paralyzed with um, something that you've got to do. Um, life can get like this sometimes. And I want to make this first point with the men who carried his friend, that actually this is why it is so valuable being part of a church community and being in a cell. Because the, this is where, when life gets stuck, where we feel like we can't move, this is where we see there's people around us that can help us and we can carry each other. It's in the church and in the cells that this can happen because this can happen to all of us. The second point that I want to make from this passage is that it's important to understand there is always a way to get to Jesus. We can always go through the roof. And you know, Jesus doesn't mind how we get to him. All he minds is, he, all he cares about is that we do get to him, that we come to him. And we can always go through the roof. And um, it says in this passage that they could not find a way, so they went on the roof. It was almost like a, it would have been a last resort. I would have thought it would be easier to try and push the stretcher that they were carrying the man on through really busy crowds than to try and scale a wall to get onto the roof. Um, but So this was a last resort for them. They tried everything and could not find a way. And I wonder this morning um, if there's people here who have felt that you could not find a way. If you've ever felt like in life, there was just no way, you could not find a way to push through. And um, uh, I was, I'm going to tell a story, but I'm a little bit apprehensive now because my, I've just noticed that my parents are here. And, <laughs> and um, this is a story about a time that I got locked out of my house um, while they were away in Hong Kong. Um, but I, can, I can think I can tell it. I, think it's, I, don't think, I haven't actually fessed up to them about this before. But it's okay because we don't live in that house anymore, so anything bad that could have happened could have happened. And uh, <laughs> we don't live there anymore, so it's okay. Um, but there was a time when I got locked out of my house. Um, and uh, I don't know if anyone here, if you've ever been locked out of your house or locked out of your car or anything, yeah? You know that it is just an awful feeling when that door slams and you don't have your keys. Well, it was a sunny bank holiday Monday, Easter Monday, I think it was, and it was 
um, we were in the park, and I thought, oh, I've got loads of really good park essentials at home. I'll go back and get them. So I went home, drove my car, and, um, and I went and picked up my Frisbee and my rounders gear and my blankets and things like that. And I had my arms full of things. And, um, and I remember uh, walking out the door really excited about this really nice, sunny, lovely, relaxing afternoon in the park. And um, sl door slams behind me and carrying all these things. And literally a split second later, I realized that I do not have my car keys and I do not have my house keys. I thought at least if I had my car keys, I could just go to the park and play. And then I'll worry about getting in the house later. But I didn't have either. But thankfully, I had my phone. And um, I'm sure people here are wondering, you know, what do you do when you get locked out of your house? And everyone's probably having the same thought that I had, which is call Pastor Clive. <laughs> and believe me, that was my first thought. But then my second thought was Pastor Clive is out the country on holiday at the time. So my second thought was, what's the next best thing after Pastor Clive? So I rang Rich, who is um, Pastor Clive and Sally's son, who now lives in America. And so then, um, so Rich... And uh, Rich rocks up. He comes with um, Paul Carelius and, uh, and Pastor Clive's lockpicking kit. <laughs> yeah, I'll not go into that, but feel free to ask Pastor Clive at the end of the meeting why he has a lockpicking kit. But very useful. <laughs> yes, exactly, for me. <laughs> um, so, so they come, and they're trying to help me. And literally several hours later, and several phone calls to Pastor Clive in whatever foreign country he was in, we still could not get into my house. We tried everything. And then we asked the neighbors, and they came around and sort of had like fishing rod type things, because we could actually see the keys. The keys were through the letterbox on the stairs, so we were trying to hook them out, but then we just couldn't get them. So then eventually, I caved, and I called a locksmith. And because it was Bank Holiday Monday, it was really expensive. <laughs> but then the locksmith came, and you know what happened? Literally, 30 seconds, a really big bill, <laughs> And, um, <laughs> and an, a plastic ice cream tub lid. Who knew that that was what you needed to get into a house? And you literally um, kind of sliced it through the side of the door, and the door opened. So after that, I always locked the bottom lock because uh, I didn't realize how easy it was to get into a door. <laughs> so I always locked it. Um, but it was just goes to show that the right person with the right tools um, can make a way really easily. And we'd been there for many hours trying to get in, and we weren't the right people, and we, we had the right tools, but the lock-picking kit, but we couldn't get in no matter how hard we tried. And um, Jesus is the right person with the right tools. He always makes a way for us to get to him, no matter how hard, no matter how much of an obstacle, no matter how shut and locked the door is, he always can make a way for us to get to him. So let's go back to the story then with the paralyzed man. So the man tried to take, um, so, so the friends of the man, the paralyzed man, tried to take the paralyzed man into the house, but they couldn't find a way because they faced obstacles at every turn. And the roof, as we've already talked about, was the very last resort, and I'm sure you all think that too. And, um, and there was a time actually, remember when we had the roof offering? I'm still so thankful every time it rains that we now have a new roof. On our um, but um, at the time, sometimes um, we'd come down to the building and we'd pray for the roof. And um, one time, Karis, being a Harding, <laughs> decided it was such a fantastic opportunity to get on the roof to pray for the roof. Um, so with no risk assessments, no Andy Barrier, David Shearer in sight, um, we decided to get on the roof. And I have to say, I was a little bit scared. And it is not the easiest. We had a set of ladders, yet still, 
I, w I still struggled to get up on that roof, and I wasn't even carrying anyone. So, and I have to say, Antonia was with us as well, and she took a lot of persuasion because she was slightly concerned that um, someone might steal our ladders and we'd have to live <laughs> on the roof forever. <laughs> so um, I have to say, it's not easy to get on the roof. So it really was a very last resort. Like they tried everything, but they were so their hearts were so set on seeking God that they would do anything to get to Jesus. And I believe um, when I was preparing this, that God is speaking to people today who feel like you've tried everything, yet you still face barriers and you still face obstacles at every turn. Like you've tried to seek God or you've tried to break through in the miracle and you've gone through a lot of corners, you've turned different corners, yet there still seems to be this stuckness about the situation that you're in. And, um, and I believe God is speaking to you today and um, saying that it's time to get on the roof. He's saying there's still a way. You haven't tried every single way. You may have gone around different corners. You may have come across obstacles and barriers. But today he's saying to you, it's time to get on the roof. There's still one more option. You can still get on the roof. You can still come to me. And he's saying, come to me this morning. And um, so don't settle to just be amongst the crowd. I don't know if you've ever been um, to a first day of January sales after Christmas, or if you've ever been to a concert where it's really squashed and you're being crowded around. I'm very short, so when I'm in a crowd, it's really suffocating, and you're kind of stuck behind someone tall, and you can't see over the top of them, and you're trying to get someone's attention, but you can't, yeah, exactly, Ben stands in front of me, and I can't see over the top of him, and I can't get anyone's attention. You know, that crowded feeling is not the conditions for a turnaround miracle. We can't get our turnaround miracle if we're in the crowd being squashed from every side. We've got to get up on the roof. And um, so can you poke the person next to you and tell them, poke them, tell them, get on the roof. <laughs> you can poke anyone around you. Get on the roof. Good. <laughs> Good. So in Hebrews 11, it says, um, that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. And really, this story is just such a fantastic example of that truth being worked out. That this man, he needed a miracle, and God rewarded him with healing because he sought him with everything that he had. And, um, and if we do everything we can to seek God, I'm confident that God will reward each one of us here because that's what faith is. The word says it. And we believe it. But the word has promised that he, if we seek God with everything that we have, that he will reward us. Um, so, but when I was um, preparing this, I felt like God showed me um, three particular barriers to receiving our turnaround miracle um, that will speak to people in this room today. And I believe that there is um, some particular barriers, some particular obstacles which I believe God is calling out of people today. And, um, and I believe the first barrier is thoughts. So there are people here who have wrong thinking. And this is, and I'm not just saying people here, I'm also, this is something I've been preaching to myself all week as well. And I believe that God has said to me, there are thoughts in my life, there's wrong thinking in my life that I need to break through that barrier in order for me to get on the roof and get to Jesus. And um, so th wrong thinking such as, you know, it's too much effort. I've already tried everything. There's no, there's no use. Too much effort. God doesn't speak to me 
or I can't do that. I'll just settle here. These are all things which are wrong thinking. Or I'm not good enough. That's another. I believe there's someone here who thinks that. When you're praying for a breakthrough, when you feel like God has spoken to you, actually, this is a promise in your life, and this is what I'm going to do. And there's a thought in this room where someone thinks, I'm not good enough for that. You know, I don't think I'm going to try and break through. This is a barrier that we need to break through to get onto the roof. The second thing is positioning. I believe there's people here in this room who have positioned your life in such a way that there is no room for God to do a miracle. There's no room anymore um, for you to even notice God. I believe there's people who have filled their lives, positioned their lives so much with work and friends and people and activities and hobbies that actually there's no room to even notice God anymore, never mind receive a turnaround miracle. And um, the third thing, the last thing, um, was uh, the barrier of logic. And, um, and I felt like someone here this morning um, has reasoned and planned everything so much that there's no room for God to do a miracle or to speak a miracle into your life and into your situation. So um, I just want to encourage you that if your heart is responding to any of those things, that don't leave this place without getting prayer. Because I believe that God is speaking to you today and that God cares for you and he thinks that you're totally worth um, effort and will reward you for seeking him this morning. Does anyone believe that? Yeah. Amen. Good. And um, a couple more things from this one point is that sometimes it's hard to know how to practically respond to a challenge. And so I just wanted to share a few ideas to help us to get on the roof this week. Yeah, so sometimes um, if you keep a journal, um, it's helpful to go back through your journal to find the last time that God spoke to you and to make sure that you've responded to it, to make sure that you've done it to make sure that your heart, you've postured your heart in such a way that you have done what God has said, the last thing that he said to you. Um, another thing could be uh, talk, you may need to talk to your cell leader about something that you've been thinking about for a while or the, um, the obstacles that you feel like you're facing. Or it may be that you need to set aside time to do prayer so for some prayer and fasting. Or perhaps it's that you need to make a financial offering to show your faith towards God for a situation. And, um, or perhaps you need to make space in your day, extra space in your day to seek God. And if you do that, can I encourage you to find a buddy, like find a prayer buddy who's in a similar situation to you, that you can text each other and keep each other accountable and encourage each other and help each other along as well. So there's just a few ways um, to help us practically get on the roof this week. And, um, and if your heart is postured to pursue God, I'm confident that he will show you onto the roof, away onto the roof, and into his presence. So can I encourage you to make the decision today to get on the roof knowing that God rewards those who earnestly seek him? Okay, that's my first point. But um, the second point, they get shorter as they go on, so don't worry, it's okay. <laughs> so my second point is get inside. Get inside. And um, so I want to um, sort of, I'm kind of going through the passage chronologically, so if you're following with me, we're going to skip to verse 20 now. And it says, when Jesus saw the paralyzed man being lowered before him, in verse 20, it says, Jesus says, friend, your sins are forgiven. And my first thought when I read that was, that's a bit random, isn't it? It's a bit of a random thing to say to a paralyzed man, don't you think? Yeah, <laughs> physically, it's quite random. You could clearly see that he's a paralyzed man. 
physically, you can clearly see what he needed. Physically, you can see that as he's being lowered down, he's desperate for God to heal him physically. Random to us in the physical, but nothing is random with Jesus. Nothing is random with Jesus. So with this point, I believe that Jesus sees the greater need inside each one of us, and he wants to transform us from the inside out. So actually, he addresses the man first with what he needs healing on the inside before he even addresses what needs healing on the outside. And this is an incredible point within this passage that that's the order in which he does things in. He says, um, your sins are forgiven. Friend, your sins are forgiven. And once he's, his sins have been forgiven on the inside, once he has been washed clean on the inside, then he addresses him and says, stand up, pick up your mat. And then he heals his physical paralysis. How incredible is that, that Jesus sees deep inside of us, he sees even those things inside of us that we don't even realize need healing. Yet that's what he notices first, that Jesus sees us. He sees everything about us. That he, he saw what the paralyzed man didn't even realize he needed or was hoping for. And there may be situations in our lives where we feel stuck, where we feel like we haven't really made much progress. We've been praying for a long time. And, um, but be encouraged that Jesus sees everything and he has compassion on us, as we heard from Ben a couple of weeks ago, that Jesus, he's a compassionate God towards us. And, um, and maybe today there's a situation that you felt stuck in. Maybe there's a situation you've been praying about for a very long time and there's been no movement at all. But can I suggest this to you this morning? Is there purpose in the process, as we've heard preached from here before um, many times, is there purpose in the process? You know, is God trying to do something in me before he does something outside of me? And our greatest purpose is to be transformed more into the image and the likeness of Jesus. That's our greatest purpose. And often God uses situations to, to work out his purpose in us, to transform us more into the image and the likeness of Jesus. And often that is the main miracle that's happening in our lives when we don't even realize it. Often God uses situations to transform us on the inside before moving on the outside. Or as Pastor Caesar would say, when we change, everything changes. The man was paralyzed, but his greater need was forgiveness. He needed healing on the inside. And when we push through obstacles and get on the roof, God gets inside our lives and releases a turnaround miracle beyond what we can even ask or imagine. So can I say to you today, be prepared to recognize and receive whatever God has for you. Transformation on the inside and the outside. Can I say, fix your eyes on Jesus and not the miracle that we're even seeking. And you know, I'm seeking many miracles in my life at the moment. And, um, and I'm definitely one, Jesus is speaking to me so much through, through this passage and through this word about actually getting my perspective right, about keeping my eyes fixed on Jesus and not the miracle that I'm trying to seek breakthrough on. Because actually, sometimes the miracle that I think that I'm trying to seek breakthrough on isn't even the main miracle that God is trying to do 
in our lives. And often if we've got our eyes fixed on the miracle, we miss the miracle that Jesus is trying to do inside of our lives. So, good. Okay, so let's go on to third point. Okay, third point is get going. So I'm going to skip all the way down to verse 25 now, if you're following in your Bible. And, um, and verse 25 says, after, this is after um, Jesus has spoken to the paralyzed man. And it's after he said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and off you go. And um, verse 25, this is the paralyzed man. This is his response. And I don't want to call him the paralyzed man because he's not paralyzed anymore. So um, when I was talking to Karis, we decided he was called Perry. So I'm going to call him Perry for the, for the purpose of this talk at the end. So um, in verse 25, it says that Perry, immediately, he stood up, took what he was lying on, went home praising God. How awesome is that? The paralyzed man immediately started doing what he couldn't do before. And this is the third point in how to receive our turnaround miracle. We've got to do what we couldn't do before. We've got to keep doing it. We've got to do it immediately, as soon as we can. He picked up his mat so he couldn't return there in verse 25. And that's really important in our lives, that when we're seeking a turnaround miracle, when we break through the barriers, when we get onto the roof, when we get to Jesus, and when we get our miracle, it's so important that we and pick up the mat so we can't go back to that place. Could you imagine if the ma- if Perry had lay back down on the mat and asked his friends to carry him back out again? It just sounds crazy, and his friends probably wouldn't have been very pleased because they would not have wanted to climb back down. It's probably harder, actually, to climb down a wall than it is to climb up a wall. I don't know, they're both pretty hard. But he picked up his mat, and he started to walk. He started to do what he couldn't do before. He, we've got to get going when we're seeking our turnaround miracle. And, um, and this morning, can I put it to you this morning and ask you, what's the mat in your life? What do you feel like you need to get rid of? As I've been speaking this morning, do you feel like God is stirring things up in your heart? Is there a thought that you need to fold up? Is there an action that you need to bin? Are there relationships that you need to sort out? What is the mat in your life this morning? And as um, Pastor Sally preached a while ago, you know, do we need to be brave and shut that escape route in our lives so that we can't go back there anymore? Because God wants to do a turnaround miracle in our lives, and he wants to reward us. That's the heart of God, is that he wants to see people who earnestly seek him because he wants to reward us. He wants to release his pur- purposes. He wants to release his promises into our life. He wants to reward us with that turnaround miracle. And he's spoken it to us as a church. So it's kind of like a double underscore, if you will, that actually within the Bible, he's already promised us that he will reward us, but he's spoken to us specifically a word for our church at this time that he wants to do a turnaround miracle in our lives. So we're double underscoring that, that he is doubly going to do that in our lives when we seek him with everything that we've got. So get going if you want to experience your turnaround miracle. And my last point is get praising. So it's always good to praise anytime, anywhere. But at the end of this passage, the paralyzed man, Perry, sorry, he's not paralyzed anymore, Perry, (laughs) when he gets his, when he gets up, picks up his mat, it says he goes home praising God. And actually, not just him, but everybody around him praised God as well. And they said they were filled with awe 
and said, we have seen remarkable things today. Everything starts with Jesus and everything ends with Jesus, as we heard right at the beginning. It started with Jesus having the power to heal and it ended with Jesus having the power to heal and healing the paralyzed man, Terry. So I want to end with this. The fruit of a miracle is praise and glory to God. That's always the fruit of a miracle. And when we experience a turnaround miracle in our lives, it's fruit. The fruit of that is more praise and glory to God. So why would God not want to do a turnaround miracle in our lives when we give him praise and we give him glory? So I just want to respond very simply um, at the at the end now and just say, if you're looking for a turnaround miracle this morning and you've heard God say to you this morning, get on the roof, then I want to invite you to stand and as a commitment to God to push through every obstacle to get on the roof. And, um, and I'm just going to, as you stand, um, we'll say a uh, declaration together. And then, um, and then I just want to end by praising God. So if you feel like God has spoken to you today to say, get on the roof for your turnaround miracle, can I invite you to stand right now? And um, there should be the declaration will come on the screen. There we go. Very simple declaration. We believe that there's power when we declare the word out of the Bible. We believe that actually there's great power when we just simply declare what the purposes of the Bible are. So that's what we're going to do today. So um, maybe ask us three. If we say it together and declare it and say it um, with real faith this morning as you have heard God speak to you. So one, two, three. I will push through every obstacle to get on the roof because I know God will reward me when I earnestly seek him. Awesome.